We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome into the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by Draft, the only app offering daily fantasy snake drafts. It is Friday, January 20th, 2017. DJ Trainer here, joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken Kreitz. Choo-choo! That's right. All aboard! No whistle, no whistle. This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, Audio Boom, and directly on the Rotowire website itself. Please feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues no actual whistle today, Ken, because you are where right now? I am in beautiful Knoxville, Tennessee, gradually making my way to the FSTA uh, winter meetings that are in Nashville. But I'm in Knoxville visiting friends. 
Uh, and yeah, I left the whistle back in Vermont. My apologies. I would have thought that it would, you know, like you start to pack and it would have been like whistle, then toothbrush, then deodorant. <laughs> but I guess it, it doesn't I go in the clearly, bag. I need to make like a gold medallion necklace out of it. <laughs> and it just is on me all the time. I'm in the shower naked with the whistle there. Yeah. All right. So we've got we've had a lot of injuries since we have talked last since these three amigos have talked last. So we're certainly going to get into it. Last night, Ken, I actually missed this one before going to bed. So this was news to me waking up. Uh, our buddy Pau Gasol is in trouble down in San Antonio. Yeah, we just highlighted he had a nice game last Friday. Uh, yeah, fractured the fourth metacarpal bone in his left hand, and there is no timetable for his return. Uh, Dwayne Dedmond and David Lee are expected to see increased workloads at center, but that seems like quite a blow for the Spurs. I guess it's maybe better it happened earlier. It's not relatively early in the season. We're at the halfway point, but uh, yeah, that is tough news. David Lee. Ugh, I, uh, can we can we recommend either of those players uh, fantasy wise, gentlemen? I, you know, Deadman showed us a few signs of hope at the beginning of the season, even yeah. coming off the bench. Obviously, the biggest issue for me is that I think Lee and Deadman will be splitting the time up to the point where one isn't going to have necessarily more value than the other to the point where I'd pick him up off the waiver wire. I will say with Gasol, I mean. He's really good, but in this Spurs system, I should say this regular season system in January, he was only averaging 9.9 points, just under yeah. 8 rebounds. You weren't actually getting a lot from Gasol. Obviously, it's going to hurt, but regular season Pau Gasol on the San Antonio Spurs is not like we've seen him in the past, Shannon. No, he hasn't been. Um, you know, looking ahead, it's tough. I think LaMarcus Aldridge owners are, should rejoice. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah well, yeah. It, it, it blows for Gasol that he's hurt, but when Marcus Aldridge owners are really going to reap the benefits of it, you know, he's only been about 50 to 60, 50 to 60th in most fantasy leagues. You drafted this guy as a second or third round pick, so you're certainly expecting more. He should have more responsibilities going forward. You know, he's only grabbing 6.9 rebounds per game right now. Expect that to tick up. Maybe the scoring gets closer to 20 points instead of the 17 and a half he's averaging now. Between Lee and Deadman, I, I mean, depending on the league, they both deserve flyers. I, I probably side with Deadman more just because of the upside with the blocks. Right. Well, so that's what I thought too. And and you know, Gasol didn't play last night against Denver, and Lee played thirty three minutes. Deadman didn't even get up to twenty. Lee gave you a double double, ten and sixteen, uh, uh, two assists, a steal, and a block. But I still think I'm going to lean towards Deadman, and I think this might actually shake off people going towards going to uh, Deadman and, and Lee. And and I do think over the long haul that Deadman just has more value across the board, even though it would seem otherwise if you look at last night's box score. Yeah, Lee is the more popular pickup right now, and and he certainly has that double double upside. But we've saw we've seen it with Lee before. His stats can be somewhat hollow. He can be kind of like a Trevor Booker type player, where yes, he's getting you a double double, but he's not doing enough in the other categories that that he's really mm-hmm. uh, you know he, that he holds high value in fantasy leagues. So. I, I won't fault anyone for, for picking up Lee. Either one of them are worth the flyer, but I just think Deadman has a little bit more upside because of the block potential. I have a hard time seeing Popovich putting up with Lee's defense for 30 minutes a game. Like, I'm shocked he got 33 last night. But, um, well, and great, we saw what Great point, what did. And sometimes you have to look at the X's and O's to really understand fantasy potential, and I think that's certainly a, a point where Deadman's going to probably have the edge. 
Yeah. Um, we actually, our next point, I, I kind of already broke it there. The Jokic had a career game last night uh, in that loss to the Spurs. He had a career high 35 points. And as the Rotowire staff points out, he shook off an ankle sprain and career high Tola. He's now either led or co-led the Nuggets in scoring in 10 of the past 18 games. 22 shot attempts by far led the squad. That's happened a few times. Uh, I got to believe this, this streak is going to continue for the big man in Denver. Do you guys agree? I do. In the past 30 days, he's a top 10 fantasy player based on averages in the past two weeks he's a top three fantasy player in those two weeks he's averaging 29 points 12 rebounds 4.3 assists one steal one and a half blocks one and a half three pointers with stellar percentages 61 percent from the floor 82 percent from the line the dude is an absolute stud and he's already like i mean he's it's only been two three four weeks and he's gone from like questionable pick early, you know, early to mid round draft to arguably a top 10 player in the NBA. It's just amazing. Everyone loves him and they should. He's a great player. I, I, I can't get enough of him. I wonder how many people got rid of him via trade or maybe in shallower leagues if they actually just unhitched their wagon completely because uh, the end of October and the duration of November, he was only averaging 23 minutes on the court, not even 10 points, not even seven rebounds, mm. not even three assists. If people were impatient out there, they I, mean, I have no doubts that some people dropped him, and they're you, really you, kicking themselves you, now. You are speaking the truth, DJ, because I myself must confess that in my very shallow 10-team ten, ten league for grad school buddies, I've actually changed the name of my team to Can't Believe I Cut Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I dropped him. Oh, and... Uh, I think I uh, I have Paul Gasol on that team too. So just oh, wow. disaster at center karma right now. Right Double karma. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he was coming off the bench. It seemed like they were going to go with Nurkic. That team was already deep, yeah, deep yeah. to begin with. There's some games where he didn't even reach 20 minutes. I mean, November 3rd against Minnesota, he played 14 minutes, and so obviously. Well, then, then Coach Malone blamed himself. He said, "Oh, I ruined his game by trying to make him play a power forward and starting him with." Uh, Nurchich and then though but then didn't give him minutes off the bench and you thought this is even worse but yeah cr- crazy that it took this long for them to figure out what they have but now he's leading them in shooting every night and as Shannon pointed out the percentages are fantastic as well and for a center draining threes that's just fantasy gold fantasy I, can't, I gold. can't think of a player a comparable player um, in the past decade or two um, it's really hard. Just the be a healthy he, Dirk, maybe a healthy Dirk. Maybe, young. but but Dirk couldn't pass like a point guard because everyone yeah. says Jokic is you know a great great passing big man. He's not a great passing big man. He's a great passer regardless of size or position. Have you have you seen some of the looks? What I like too is he's kind of taking a little more of a leadership team uh, role with the squad. Like some of the looks he's given Moutier when Moutier didn't like fully execute his cuts because he likes to pass late often. Um, I like how he's kind of chirping up now and, you know, telling his teammates, you know, basically, I'm a great passer. Don't half ass your cuts. Yeah. You know, uh, if you go down baseline, go baseline. Don't stop halfway because I'm going to hit you. And he is. It's it's really impressive. He's he's not catching alley-oops. He's tossing them. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I think Marcus saw. If you want to like compare size in terms mm. of passing ability. He's it, way more athletic, though. I know he's way more athletic. That's a tough thing. It, it's It's not really... There's and not a great comp. And he's an elite rebounder where guys like Dirk and, and Gasol, 
they yeah. they're decent rebounders, but they've never been cons- considered elite rebounders. Sure, I, there's uh, it's well, it's scary. How isn't that he just doesn't dominate Nurchitz in practice though? Right, like that's a good point. Summer... Like, are you not seeing this in practice day in day out? That's a great right. point. It just seems odd. I have a hard time believing Nurkic can really guard him well in practice. But uh, for whatever, at least Malone, hey, better late than never. And uh, unfortunately, though, they still lost to San Antonio last. Unfortunately for Nuggets. Um, in other news, often hurt this year, George Hill is actually going to play tonight. Uh, he was lucky in that he suffered his ankle injury at the end of Monday's game, and the Jazz did not have a game until today. Anyway, for some people that thought Hill would not play, he is going to play tonight. He's still 6,100 on Fanduel, so he's not exactly a DFS bargain. Um, we got confirmation of news that we always that that I think everybody knew, but um, Rudy Gay, a favorite of the podcast, did indeed suffer a fully torn left Achilles. In Wednesday's game, everyone saw him, that, sh- that photo of him on his belly. Certainly did look like his season was over then. Gentlemen, who's the bump uh, in Kingsland? Is it Tolliver? Is it uh, Kufus? Who is, who's going to see more shots in minutes with, with Gay out? This is a tough one because the immediate answer and what people have been doing is picking up Garrett Temple. But if you look at his numbers, he was actually been playing quite a bit already. Matt Barnes is the one for me that I picked up in a couple of leagues, but you know I might be fooling myself into thinking it's Matt Barnes of like three or four years ago. Because I fell in love with fantasy Matt Barnes a couple of years ago because he helped you out so much in steals, blocks, and three-pointers, the three categories that often go un- overlooked. So I, I honestly, Shannon, might say I might just be reinvesting into the already valuable players on that team. So basically DeMarcus Cousins and nobody else. Um, because when I looked over the numbers, um, when Rudy Gay sat out earlier this year, um, Garrett Temple got a lot of minutes, but he wasn't necessarily giving yeah, a lot he's of there. production. He, Garrett Temple had a nice stretch. About the two weeks leading up to Christmas was really like his prime stretch this season. And that was when Rudy Gay was last hurt. So I, I could see why you'd pick him up. He had a, he had a couple quality games. Scored twenty points, seventeen, sixteen, eleven. Sprinkled in five and five, but that that was probably his best stretch of the year. So I could see why people would want to go with Garrett with Garrett Temple. He's certainly going to get more shots. He's only been averaging about seven shots per game since Rudy Gay returned. That's gonna that's gonna revert back to the eleven or twelve he was seeing back when when Rudy Gay was last hurt. So I think Garrett Temple's a decent pickup. I mean, you could see this team going small, running Collison and Ty Lawson together. Maybe that's extremely small, but I just don't. I'm not inspired by Tolliver or Matt Barnes or Costa Kufos, who's not going to get more shots because that never happens. It, it, it's tough for me. I mean, it, it could end up being someone who's not on this roster right now, too, who ends up being the, the actual beneficiary. Well, well, and frankly, everyone assumed in some ways, everyone assumed Gay was going to get traded, right? And then, well, who are they going to get for him? Because he's already said, hey, when the year's over, I'm leaving as a free agent. Um, now he's typical King's luck. Now they can't trade him for anything. I'm sure they turned down deals. They're kicking themselves. They'd wish they accepted at this point. Does- uh, does this make it more likely they trade DeMarcus Cousins now? So they actually, because mm-hmm. this season, I mean, the season was already over anyways. But now if they want to get any kind of return and start the rebuild, because right now the roster is DeMarcus Cousins and zip. I think they're going to play for that last eighth spot. I mean, a terrible team is going to win the eighth spot in the West, and I think they still 
because of how poorly managed they are, I think they're going to go for it, which is absurd. You know, ooh, look at us. Yay, we get to lose to the Spur, to the Warriors in, in four. Yeah. But uh, I think they're going to just keep them and go for it because they have that new stadium right now. They're actually operating in the profit. They're putting out a good uh, a good entertaining product overall, not the actual play on the court, but just if you go watch a game in Sacramento – and, and having a playoff series, a couple games in, in that arena will, would be great for them. And so I, I think uh, the entertainment side of things might go overlooked in the NBA uh, too much. I do want to say, Rudy Gay missed a good portion of time, and I want to give the numbers from some other players. Gay missed mm. December 28th through January 4th, and December 14th through December 23rd. So basically played one game from January 4th to December 14th. Matt Barnes, during that stretch of time, averaged 26 minutes on the court, 9 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists assists, half a steal, 0.3 blocks, 1.63 pointers. So respectable numbers, but not an amazing jump in value. Garrett Temple during that same stretch when Rudy Gay sat out, uh, he's already been seeing a lot of minutes of late, um, but back during that stretch when Gay sat out, 30 minutes per game, 10 points, three rebounds, three assists, 1.3 steals, half a block, which is great, 1.5 three-pointers per game. So it seems like those two guys are really sharing the load and not one is way more valuable than the other when Rudy Gay is off the court. So that's... Do you have do you, do you have Tolliver's numbers during that stretch? Uh, I can get them really quick. It's just going to take me a couple minutes if you guys want to fill... We'll move on to the next one. We, yeah, yeah, peek at that. Because I, I think I think for deeper leagues, he might have a shot. Well, Shannon, I was going to ask you. So Tyson Chandler, 22.16 rebounds last night. And when you look at his last six games, is it? He's had 15 or more rebounds in his last last six games, even topping 20 against the Heat. Is is this legit from the veteran Chandler? Of the you know, is Alex Lynn going to start eating into his time? Why is Phoenix playing a 34 year old center? But Shannon, explain this to me. Yeah, it it's pretty odd. He's like top six or seven in the NBA in rebounds, averaging 12.2 for the season. So he's been doing it all year. If, if you want him for rebounds, that's great. He'll help you there. He'll help you with field goal percentage, even though it's only on five attempts per game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's not going to be much else. He, he's not blocking shots anymore. He's not only blocking shots. half a block per game, half a yeah. steal per game. Um, but you're certainly right. The, the production's really picked up the past two weeks. He's seen more minutes, so he's playing about 33 per game over that stretch. 13.5 points, 16.3 rebounds. I think this is just an upswing, though. Um, it's an, I, He's not going to hold those averages for the rest of the season. He's been a top 60 player over that stretch. I think his value is more, more about where his season long is, which is about 90 to 100. So I watched last night's uh, Suns versus Cavaliers game, and Eddie Johnson does the uh, the color for them on the Phoenix Suns broadcast. And I could have sworn, I, I was watching just kind of while I was doing something else, and I could have sworn they said that Chandler had been dealing with some nagging, nagging injuries during the beginning of the season while he was actually playing. I know he did miss a good portion in November, but mm. before November and shortly after that he was still kind of getting over some stuff but playing through it. Um, and so now they kind of suggested that he's fully back at 100%. And that makes, that makes a lot of sense to me. And so I do think that we could potentially expect this from the rest of the season from him, but he is 34 years old, so another nagging injury that he he keeps playing through could spike back up um, and it would go unreported unnoticed and we would just think that he's not playing as well as he did during right now yeah he it's nagging injuries that that comes with the age he's also mentioned uh, that he wasn't in the right spot mentally um, I'm not entirely sure what that means but but the mental part I mean he came out and said that that's a direct quote 
And considering where Phoenix is in the standings, they're 13 and 29. It's not going to get any prettier. I can't mm-hmm. believe that mental, that mentality is going to stay in a place where he wants to go out there and bust his ass every night yeah. for one of the worst teams in the NBA. So I got Why are we that, hearing more trade talk? Oh, yeah, give us the Tolliver numbers. Yeah, give us okay, those Tolliver. Okay. That, well, I want to talk about Chandler real quick. We'll keep teasing the Tolliver numbers. Be- because <laughs> we always talk about like, oh, if, if this team just had an Andrew Bogut or if this team had a Tyson Chandler, and those are usually like the old veteran rim protector guys we talk about. So I think there is a lot of value for him out there. Um, and I'm certain that he would be ready to go in a heartbeat as a 34-year-old who's tasted playoff experience in the past. And so I I think that's great, Ken. I I think that he certainly should be, and a lot of players on that Sun team should be on the market, and they should be building around T.J. Warren and uh, the shooter, Devin Booker. I would love to see him on, like, Golden State. Oh, come on. Sure. You know, hell, I could probably start at center for Golden State. (laughs) All right, so let's go with the Tolliver numbers. And good call by you, Ken, to bring it up because they're very comparable uh, to Barnes and Temple. So, again, this is when Rudy Gay sat out for portions of December and even January. 29 minutes per game, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 0.3 steals, 0.5 blocks, and 1.9 three-pointers made. So, essentially, if you look at Barnes, Temple, and Tolliver, they all were averaging about the exact same thing. So, those three were filling in in the absence of Rudy Gay. Not one out of the three necessarily stood out. Mm, very good. Very good. All right, gentlemen. Well, hey, we already know you love fantasy. So, we know you'll love playing fantasy on draft. Draft is a simple daily fantasy app where you can do snake drafts just like the ones you do at the beginning of your season along leagues. On Draft, it's draft day every day. You can do drafts whenever you want. They last for just one day, and they take only minutes to complete. On Draft, you can play for free or better yet, play for money. Get this. Your chances of winning on money on Draft are almost three times better than your chances of winning on FanDuel or DraftKings. If you're playing fantasy for money and not spending hours a day doing it, you absolutely should be playing on Draft. Love the Draft capability so far. I, I think it's working out great. How's it working out for you guys? Yeah, it's my favorite part. I know we've talked about it before, Shannon, but the fact that you can just have one draft a day every day or just do multiple drafts and you can do it with different depths of people. So you can have eight, four, six, whatever you want. It's pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely. The the best part of fantasy is always going to be the draft. You know, you when you're when you're prepping for, for that draft yeah. day. Right now I'm getting ready for baseball and, and my hometown draft's like a month away. But it doesn't matter. I'm already like eagerly awaiting it and, and thinking about strategies that I'm gonna take. You get to do that every single day on draft. Fantastic. Well, hey, join Shannon, DJ, and myself. Download Draft now. Just search, quote, Draft, unquote, in the App Store, and it'll come up first. Be sure to enter the promo code ROTOWIRE when you download, and you'll get a 100% bonus for up to $600 when you first deposit. Again, search Draft in the App Store, and be sure to enter the promo code ROTOWIRE. One word, ROTOWIRE. It's that time of the week, my favorite time of the week. It's time for Ken's Crazy Old Man Rant. What is wrong with Portland? Or better, or maybe more specifically, did they hurt themselves by winning last year? So everyone thought they'd be terrible last year. Aldridge had just left for the Spurs. No one knew who the heck their big men were. Uh, and remarkably, they finished the season 44 and 38. CJ McCollum uh, blossomed into a star to have next to um, uh, Damian Lillard. 
But uh, now it seems like the, the wheels are falling off the wagon. They're 18 and 26. They've lost their last three. Um, they kind of, in my opinion, made a odd win now move by overspending for Evan Turner when their bigs are terrible. You know, we, we knew somebody was going to overpay for Evan Turner as he was revitalizing his career at the Celtics. And that someone, unfortunately, looks like it's Portland. Um, can you win? Can the Blazers win with bigs that include Maurice Harkless, Al Farouk Aminu, Myers Leonard, Noah Vonley, Ed Davis, and Mason Plumley? Like what? What are they doing in Portland? And they did they screw themselves by being overly confident last from last year's results, guys? It it, it should have been more obvious that they weren't that last year was a fluke. They, their point yeah. differential was was less than one. It was zero point eight positive on their end. So so not they they didn't trend as if they were you know six games over five hundred like they finished. They they were basically a five hundred team and they had horrible horrible defense. That horrible mm-hmm. defense has just gotten worse this year. Mm-hmm. I I'm not surprised that they've taken a step back. Um, and they certainly need to make some adjustments. I, I said before last season yeah. that they should trade Damian Lillard because I was big on McCollum, and, and people thought I was crazy. I think that's still the way they should go. That was really early to say that, though. I understand saying that now or even a year and a half ago, but two years ago, that, that, was, I mean, that was before anybody really knew who C.J. McCollum was. He, he's, but- yeah, he's kind of the face of the franchise. I don't think the marketing department would be too keen on them dealing Lillard, but uh, they definitely need an injection of talent. I, something, some, they're going to have to do something drastic because – it's kind of going down the toilet right now. Nick and I talked to Ira Winderman of the South Florida Sun Sentinel earlier in the week, and you know he talked about how Pat Riley has everybody on the trade table right now. And we just kind of talked about how we would love to see a white side for McCollum trade. I think both franchises might really be into something like that. This Trailblazer team so hard to figure out. They they beat the Cavaliers on that weird day where they couldn't get back to Portland in the snowstorm. They basically mm-hmm. got got to Portland and then a couple hours played the Cavaliers and beat them, but they followed that up with losses to the Magic, the Wizards, and the Hornets. Consistent teams in the NBA that make the playoffs can't be losing three-game stretches to those teams I just mentioned. They're not the, they're not very good and it seemed like yesterday was in fact a fluke, Ken. Or last year, excuse me, it was a fun. last year. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. Well, we'll see what happens there. I like your trade ideas, gentlemen. Uh, it is kind of confounding that that roster went forty-four and thirty-eight last season. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to one of my favorite parts uh, uh, of the the pod, which is when we ask you two, how valuable are these waiver wire guys? We're gonna need to catch your name for this segment. But uh, well, anyway, let's get let's the get to it. Department on that, yeah. Yes, contact <laughs> marketing. Get the biz dev people. Come on, get the work they get off their ass. All right. So, with no Rudy Gay in Sacramento, how valuable are Garrett Temple, Matt Barnes, and I gotta throw them in there, Anthony Tolliver. Well, we talked about it, and it seems like the stats from when Rudy Gay sat out that they're all pretty even. I think I'm gonna give the tiebreaker to Matt Barnes just because I've seen it in the past before. I've seen it in the past before, and that's who I'll be going with. Uh, I could be wrong in a matter of a week or even two weeks, but I think if I could only pick up one, I'll be going with Matt Barnes. What about you, Shannon? Yeah, you have seen it in the past before, about five years ago. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Matt Barnes is old and worthless. I'm going with Garrett Temple. Um, Temple's not a spring chicken. Hey, 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 he's younger than Matt Barnes. I don't care if it's by two months. I know he's younger than Matt Barnes. I'm well, and I'll say if you, I say if you, I'm going to say a Tolliver if you need threes, especially. Oh, wow. He was hit. 
Tolliver is only like 31, but he looks like he's about 51. So. He looks like your angry uncle. Yes. Gary yeah. Temple is 30 years old, by the way. That's fine. Okay. That's younger than uh, Matt Barnes uh, and Anthony Tolliver. He had to go the D-League route, I believe, before Washington signed him and had him. Uh, yeah, he definitely spent some and, and definitely played abroad. Those, Gary Temple is, but he's stats. the better player. He plays the best defense of the three right now. But obviously, we're just talking funny fantasy. Uh, I'm excited about the next name, and I know you guys will have some expert uh, insights on this. How excited or how many people should be stashing Chris Middleton right now with the expectation that he returns in February? Head-to-head leagues, I think you go out there and you grab him because by the time your playoffs roll around, it's possible that Chris Middleton will be in full swing. Now, here's the thing uh, that I've been saying of late, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers have brainwashed – like the national, you know, national NBA fans in terms of how long it takes for a player to return from rehabbing. It doesn't take a year. It doesn't take two years or three years for Joel Embiid. Usually you play four or five games at under 20 minutes, and you play four or five games at 26. You play a couple with a cap of 30, and then that's it. I mean, Chris Middleton could be in full swing by the end of the season. So for head-to-head leagues, I'm definitely going to go with him. I'm going to use that last spot on my roster. Rotisserie leagues is where it gets a little more interesting, Shannon, for me, even though he is coming back in February, could have two months of the season. It's a little tougher, and it's more of a case-by-case basis. Who are you going to drop to pick up Chris Middleton in rotisserie leagues? Well, I'm not I'm not exactly sure who I would drop yet. It, it just depends on the team. I mean, if you have a guy like Della Vadova, yeah, you drop him for Middleton. Um, right now, the reports are all-star break for Chris Middleton. There were reports early to mid-February. If it's early February, definitely scoop them up now. If it's after the All-Star break, you're talking about a month from now. So it might hurt you too much to stash him. I'm not saying you can't do it. If you can afford to do it, certainly. He's 29% owned in Yahoo leagues. That's up 9% in the past day. So people are listening to someone's advice. Maybe DJs, I don't know. But people are starting to stash him. So if you need to hop on it, do it now. Um, hopefully you're in a cushy enough position in the standings that you can afford to play without him for, for three weeks or a month. And and also knowing that it's going to be at least a few games in, you know, we're talking four or five games where he's going to have to work off some rust after he returns. So maybe not five or six weeks until you're willing to plug him into your starting lineup. He's got, he's got the upside. You're not going to find other players who are top 50 potential on the waiver wire right now. Last thing I'll say, Ken, before we move on, is that he's going to have a direct spot into the starting lineup. Yes, Giannis and Jabari Parker have been great this year, but essentially uh, Middleton can just take all of Tony Snell's minutes. Tony Snell is going to move to the bench. You had it right, Tony Smell. Tony Smell. (laughs) Tony Smell, yes, Smell. Now, Middleton was like elite last year, 3.5 combined threes and and steals per game, so that's great, 18 points. He's not going to average 18 points per game game this season when he returns but he's gonna be good for 14 15 points and three combined steals and blocks which is damn near you know top 50 top 40 fantasy value well and fantasy wise too what i love about middleton is i assume they're going to rush him in as fast as they can because they still desperately need outside shooting on that bucks team and he's the only shooter they have and they're fighting for the playoffs jabari parker's a shooter now ken come on i know what's he up to 44 percent i don't know i just know he hits threes and He's draining yeah, the baseline jumpers he couldn't make before. You're right. You're right. 1.4 the, three-pointers per game this season. 41% from the three-point line. So, yeah. Since you're looking at Parker, how many did he get last year? Like 
like point oh, one dude. a game. So it, it wasn't much. I I will pull that up here. Point point one. Point and one. He, and yes. he did that at twenty six percent. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. This year, obviously, like Shannon said, one point four. And add a clip of forty one percent. So I mean, just a worldly change. It takes it takes time for people to develop new facets of their yeah. game. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to a topic I touched on on this week's rebound and rant column. The uh, bad luck Clippers got more bad luck. They've lost Chris Paul for what will probably be about sixteen, seventeen games. Jammed his thumb trying to guard Westbrook. Uh, who? How? How quickly, guys? Should. Uh, Fantasy players be rushing to pick up Austin Rivers, Raymond Felton, or Jamal Crawford. Well, this is tough for me because they played last night and one guy didn't necessarily separate themselves for the other. Um, from like the biggest bump in value, I thought it was going to be Jamal Crawford. Again, just like Rudy Gay, we had a stretch where Chris Paul sat out for quite a few games, seven games in fact. Rivers has already been seeing the same amount of minutes that he did during that stretch. Felton um, was averaging 34 minutes during the stretch when Chris Paul sat out. Um, And then Crawford saw roughly 30 minutes per game, and he was averaging 15.5 points, two rebounds, 4.5 assists, 1.3 three-pointers. However, last night he really didn't do much of anything, so that makes me second-guess whether he's going to duplicate his previous numbers when Chris Paul sat out. You know, you and I used to joke, we joked last time Chris Paul was out that for DFS purposes— Basically, whichever one had the worst game the previous yeah. night out, that's the <laughs> one I was targeting for the next game of, of DFS because they all three were inconsistent. Each of the three saw a boost in value, um, but it was just kind of random. You couldn't really you couldn't really predict which one was going to have a good game for for that individual night. Um, for season long purposes, surprisingly, Jamal Crawford still owned in a lot of leagues. He's not available in any of my leagues, so good luck picking him up. But Felton, Felton, and, and Rivers. I'm siding with Rivers as my top pickup, but I'm also I'm scooping up both if I if I can. Um, if I have to pick one, it's Rivers. In our NFBKC league, Ken, I've put out uh, flyers for both of them. So Rivers Got is, is top Got that, it. and then and then Felton if that doesn't work out. The thing with Rivers, uh, the point I made in the column about Rivers is because their bench is so terrible. He, you know. Um, he actually, I want to say, and I forget over what stretch, it, last 10 games, he was already playing 34 minutes per game. Exactly. So the, there's really not much more of a ceiling. Uh, and, you know, nice stats. So, frankly, if you were going to get Austin Rubens before, you should especially get him now. But over the last 10 games, this does not include last night because I wrote it earlier in the week, but 16.5 points, 3.8 assists, 3 boards, and 1.7 made threes uh, per game over his last 10 um, but I, I don't know. At 34, he played. What does he play? 36 last night. I don't know how much more room there is for improvement. Um, all right, gentlemen. What's the next waiver topic? Oh, we already discussed this with Pow out. Uh, I think the consensus you guys had is you want to lean to Deadman over Lee. Is that still correct? If you need the rebounds, go with Lee. But I, I think the higher upside play for overall value is Deadman. Yeah, that that's fair. I I think just last night's game is going to shake a lot of people off, and I would swoop in there and get Deadman. I think you might have consistent across the board numbers. Lee could be on the court for twenty five minutes and and not actually accrue a lot of stats across the board like Deadman could. So, um, you know, just forget about last night's game, and I think we're going to still roll with Deadman. All righty, all right, gentlemen. Well, let's now move on to our 
Friday FanDuel advice. Uh, who wants to go first with some of their suggestions? Well, I, I want to bring up a, a broader conversation topic because we have so many elite guys on the slate tonight. I want to get uh, Shannon's take on who he thinks has the best matchups. So we have James Harden, Anthony Davis, Giannis, DeMarcus Cousins, and Kevin Durant are all on tonight's slate. You know, if you if you want to fit two in your lineup, you're already spreading yourself pretty thin. So a lot of people out there are going to have to choose one, maybe two, um, for your money. Who is going to be the best value? It it is tough to fit two of them in, and you'll notice that a lot of the, you know, Harden and Westbrook have always been the high high dollar guys this season. But you'll notice a lot of those second tier high value guy uh, dollar guys are starting to come up in price. So. Kevin Durant, DeMarcus Cousins, Giannis, Anthony Davis, they're all 10,500 10, or more. Um, even Giannis, he's 11,100 now. So there's only $1,100 difference between him and James Harden. Whereas a couple weeks ago, you get Giannis for like 93, 9,400. Yeah. It made more sense to target him now because him and Harden, there's less of a difference. So it, it's making me side with Harden. Um, and, and tonight, especially because he's going up against Golden State. And if you look at his last his last outing against Golden State this season, it, it was a big one. He had he had about seventy fantasy points. He had twenty nine points, uh, two steals, thirteen assists, fifteen rebounds. So just a massive game. It's going to be a high scoring game with against that team. I'm going with Harden. Yeah, I I, I can't argue with that because the pace is going to be so ridiculous. And the the crazy thing here is that you can certainly argue that Harden is going to be the most consistent out of all these elite options. You know, they all have essentially the same ceiling, which is like 75 fantasy points. But Harden is the one that's really going to snuggle right in there between 60 and 75 almost every single night. So I I think I'll side with Harden as well, but we can certainly get into some of our more value picks here, uh, Ken. But uh, I think TJ McConnell for me is somebody that I'm going to have in a lot of my lineups. Um, Obviously, you got to look down the line quite a bit to 5,500 tonight. We talked about this Portland team. Uh, That's who McConnell and the Sixers are facing tonight i think mcconnell's going to have a lot of assist opportunities to his guys down low Uh, portland is giving up the most fantasy points to the front court this season but somebody has to pass the ball down in there to make it happen i think there's a lot of value to be had for mcconnell tonight at only fifty five hundred dollars i'm really hoping that he can get me 35 to 40 fantasy points tonight do you think that's possible I think 35 is possible. 40 is stretching it. But McConnell, McConnell's been, you know, at 25 to 30 point range. I could see him getting an extra five points uh, tonight against a, a porous Portland defense. Um, there, there's a lot of matchups I really like to target tonight. You've got Indiana at, at the Lakers, uh, Portland at Philadelphia, Brooklyn at New Orleans, Golden State at Houston. Milwaukee at Orlando. I like all of those games. And if you pick any player from from any of those matchups, I think you're probably going to be sitting pretty. Um, One expensive guy I really like tonight is Kemba Walker. He had his best game of the season against Toronto earlier this year. Went off for 40 points, 10 assists, and 7 rebounds. Uh, I had that flip-flop. 10 rebounds and 7 assists. I mean, that th- he's not going to get 10 rebounds very often. He also hit 7 threes that game, which isn't going to happen very often. But it's going to be a fast-paced game. Um, he's shown success against Kyle Lowry and the Raptors' backcourt in the past. So, so I like Kemba Walker a lot. It's kind of that second or ter- third-tier high-dollar va- high guy. Um, another guy I like is 
pretty much everyone on Indiana. I already alluded to that. But whether it's Thad Young, Miles Turner, Paul George, Jeff Teague, I'm fine sliding any of those guys in my lineup against the Lakers tonight. What about Paul George? Because his his price has slipped. And you know what? I think he's, what is he at? He's at $7,400. And generally the players in that that price range can get up to 45 fantasy points, but within the last 20 games they have not reached 50. That's generally the, the rules with the pricing there. And for me, you know, I want to just have like that small hope and small belief that this guy could get up to 50, and we haven't seen that from Paul George. I think we're at the point in the season where we can say his ceiling is actually lower than most people think it is. He had 52 fantasy points against Portland on December 10th. Um, He's sprinkled in a 43-point outing, 45-point outing, 44-point outing since then. So still good. The problem is he's had a lot of 25 to 35-point outings in between those four or five games. He's still he's still a stud. He's still he's like in the same bracket as Carmelo Anthony, Gordon Hayward. They're guys who, yeah, they're probably most likely going to get you their thirty five point fantasy point average. But they have that they have that upside to go off for forty to fifty fantasy points on any given night. In a night like tonight, where I'm going, I'm going with a stud high price guy and James Harden. I have to target these second second tier guys like Paul George, like Kemba Walker, and hope that they hit forty five or fifty points. So, well, Shannon, how do you like the play? Uh, sticking with that Laker Indiana game, what do you think about new starter Brandon Ingram? Got to start with Luol Deng out indefinitely with a wrist issue. Are they finally removing removing the training wheels and going to give Ingram major minutes? He's he's shown some upside, you know. It's it last last outing he had thirty seven minutes, fifteen points, five rebounds, four assists, three steals. He's got a lot of defensive upside, which I like. It's his length; it's just it's ridiculous. So thirty three fantasy points last time out, only forty two hundred. Um, if you're going with James Harden or some of the more expensive guys, you're gonna have to find players in that thirty thirty eight hundred to forty five hundred range to fill your roster. So you could certainly. I, I'm not in love with the matchup against Paul George. But but Ingram's a good option at 4,200. Nobody's in love with that matchup. That's a terrible matchup for him. But I tell you what, Ingram's price is about to rise. And I think I probably, I don't think I like him tonight, but I think I'm going to like him right now more so than I will maybe at any point moving forward this season because I don't think his price tag is going to be $4,200 for long if he keeps seeing 37 minutes. So, you, you know, when you're looking in that low $4,000 range, like, like you brought up here, Ken, you do want to look at minutes and you want to be looking at the guys whose minutes are trending upward or they're spending lots of time on the court at least. Um, and so this is certainly a good player to target at that price range. I just don't know if, if I'm going to pull the trigger on it. I don't know if I can do it. I, I don't think I'm that brave. And for, from a season long standpoint, he should be garn- He should garner a lot of consideration right now. Over the past two weeks, he, he's one, ranked 164 on Yahoo based on average stats. He's averaging 12 and a half points, four rebounds, three assists, 1.3 steals. Not doing much on the defensive end, but I do think there's upside there. The Lakers are in a weird position right now where they are probably going to start leaning more heavily on their younger players. And, and it just makes sense for them. They've got a top right. three prote- prote- uh, protected pick, right? Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, they want to be one of the three worst teams in the league. Yeah, that's, so, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose from giving Ingram a bunch of minutes? No, I, I agree. And they're actually giving uh, Zubats at center some good minutes o- over Timofey Moskov. 
Here's, I agree that's what they should do, and I know we need to wrap things up here, but Dang is on a four-year contract, and I believe Mozgov is on a four-year contract. Yep. Like You're really messing with the psyche of two <laughs> players you're going to have for a combined eight years by playing younger guys over them this early in those contracts, so it's a delicate situation, but if they do want to retain that top three protected pick, you need to be playing Ingram, you need to be playing Zubac, you need to be letting um, you know Clarkson chucking shots and all that good stuff. So, Ken, you got one more value play for us to discuss. Well, yeah, it's value and it's more just playing the low salary coming back from injury uh, i think clint capella is still a little undervalued at 4600 going against golden state you know I, I guess the big question is how quickly might the rockets go small are they going to have mr montrezl playing center a lot i don't know but uh i'm at least intrigued or wanted to ask you guys guys about clint capella at only 4600 so I do think at some point he's going to far exceed his price value. So you're right. I think you're great. You're right to bring him up at $4,600. There could be a night when he can go off for 35 fantasy points. I don't think tonight is that night. So you need to monitor him. Um, but the last time the Rockets played the Warriors, down the stretch, they went with a combination of Sam Decker and Ryan Anderson in the front court and a combination of your boy Montrezl, as we like to call him because he has a silent L on his name, um, and Montrez and, and Ryan Anderson. So I think that's your front court for the most of tonight's game, um, which is not going to leave a lot of opportunity for Capella, but we do need to keep monitoring him because there will be a game soon when he gets back up in that 28-minute range. Yeah, Anderson's questionable. I'm I'm guessing he'll be able to return since it was just an illness that sidelined him for the last game. I like Montrez more than Capella tonight. Um, I just think Montrez actually matches up decent with the, the Warriors lineup of death when they're running Draymond Green out there at center. Montrez kind of matches up well with, with yeah. Draymond. So I... I I'm about a week away from really starting to push Capella hard in my DFS lineups. It's just he'll start getting more minutes, but he's only seen like nine and 11 minutes the first two games out. So I think we're, we're a couple games away from rolling him out hard. That's going to do it for the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by Draft, the snake draft platform where your chances of winning are three times better than on FanDuel or DraftKings. Ken, you want to get us out of here? Yes, we're going to look to NBA veteran Edgar Jones, uh, who played for the Nets, Pistons, Spurs, and Cavs uh, in the 70s and 80s. He said, a man has to know his limitations, and I don't have any, which I thought played well for today's inauguration. Uh, Attention, passengers, this three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. Choo-choo! This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.